0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 433. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and I'm joined today by Matthew Marister.
1: What is up, man? Glad to have you back
0: yeah I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'm actually still away uh, from the uh, from the headquarters there for a bit longer, but uh, had some uh, repairs that need to be made to the vehicle before I could travel back and uh, but you know here we are and through the power of the internet, we're able to do the podcast. Yeah. so and you know I, I took off for a couple of weeks and I came back and graybeard has, has disappeared.
1: Yeah, dude. Had to go. It was uh its expiration date hit and
0: <laughs> I had to do it. Uh and now instead of gray beard we have gray goat.
1: <laughs> yeah, gray goat. I don't think there's any of those, so I can trademark it, I think.
0: <laughs> gray goat. That I was waiting all this time to say that. Uh so <laughs> Hey, uh, today is our legislative news episode, folks. Uh, This is where we do once per month uh, uh, some coverage of legislative issues, laws that have been passed, proposed things that you know various governments are working on, et cetera, et cetera. Try to keep you abreast of these things uh, from across the country and uh, both on a national and state level. Uh, We try to hit those uh, critical points as we can. We got a really great story today too from out of the country from a European country, and I think this one's really fascinating. I'm looking forward to covering that story with you. So, folks, stick around for today's episode. I think you're going to enjoy it. And uh, today's episode is brought to you by our Legal Boundaries by State book. This is the the, the guide for American gun owners that uh, need a quick reference, easy to use, easy to read, and, and, and find information you're looking for. In this, in this book that uh, we produced here at concealedcarry.com, it is regularly updated multiple times per year, and uh, boy, we, these things are going gangbusters. They just fly off the shelves. Uh, we actually had to order a bunch from a different print house because our we basically exceed the, the capacity of, of our current one. So, uh, uh, some of you may have ordered one and maybe you've even been waiting for it for a little bit for a week or two or three, and, uh, just know that we got a bunch more coming, but guys, uh, uh, if you're looking for, I think the best resource out there in a 100 page or less, I think it's actually exactly hundred pages. So it's not super dense or overly complicated hits all the key points that, that really you need to know. And plus, there's some great info in there about travel, RVs, hotels, vehicles, all that kind of stuff. So, basically, the first half of the book is you go through and it's all the individual 50 states. The last half of the book is a bunch of other great stuff, national parks and monuments. That guy was just at uh, Grand Teton National Park a few days ago. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you're in a national park. And I was in the state of Wyoming, and Jacob wishes he. We're here to hear me say this, but it is a beautiful place. I like the Idaho side of it too, but uh, <laughs> that, that being the Teton Mountains, right? the Teton Mountain Range. Uh, but uh, yeah, you want to know what you can and can't do when you're going to the national parks like that. Uh, so there you go. Pick up a copy of the Legal Boundaries by State book. You can get the e-book as well as the physical copy and just head on over to concealedcarry.com forward slash gun law book. This week, speaking of you know, travel, getting outdoors, going to national parks, this week is the ConcealedCarry.com Get Outside Week. So all week long, we're celebrating the idea of getting out and enjoying the outdoors. Uh, it's probably, the, frankly, the best place you could be right now, uh, at least where other people might be. I mean, in home's good, too, uh, folks still concerned about the whole COVID-19 thing and cases are ticking up again and and so forth well i think spending outdoor some time outdoors is a great place great thing to do uh so this week celebrate with us the get outdoors week or get outside week we're sending a bunch of uh great you know just just uh articles and uh even some podcast episodes we've done in the past and uh making sure people on our on our newsletter list are getting that info uh so check it out and make sure you're signed up for our newsletter all right. So head on over to concealcarry.com. Just go to the top of the webpage. You'll see a link there to join the newsletter and sign up. Make sure you're on our on our on our. We actually send in just one email once a day. That's all. Okay. That might be too much for some people, and that's that's fine. That's understandable. Uh, but it's really good good information, good content. Okay. So get outside, enjoy the outdoors. I enjoyed my time on the range yesterday, as we did shop talk. So Matthew,
1: it sounds like you were teaching a class over the weekend. And it was hot, yeah, yeah, I, I I enjoyed the class, but outdoors, I wasn't enjoying it too much. It was brutal. it was <laughs> it was super hot. It was like six thousand percent humidity, I think, or something if that's possible. It was just too hot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, get outdoors is good. It's good, right? yep, yep,
0: absolutely. Uh, it's been I'll tell you what the last uh, two weeks has been great weather for me. It hasn't actually been it's been like, well, there's been a couple days that are a little bit on the warm side, but overall, it's just been darn near perfect. <laughs> kind of hard to believe for a July. Normally, I expect it to be a bit hotter. Anyway, all right. So let's get into today's news. Uh, of course, uh, we're featuring legislative stories here today. Matthew, why don't you take this, uh, this first one from Virginia? Uh, we've been kind of following things there in Virginia earlier this year. Uh, their governor signed into law a number of bills. A bunch of anti-gun bills, and uh, it's looking kind of rough in Virginia, frankly. Uh, one quick thing, like as an update, we learned we just learned this recently, like a week or two ago, that uh, for a long time Virginia had a non-resident permit you could apply for. I don't um, know. If, with uh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I think you kind of froze there for a second. Okay. Yeah, uh, I was just explaining that. Uh, uh, So, Virginia, just uh, recently with all these laws they passed, they've also changed uh, that non-resident permit that you used to be able to get with a simple online concealed carry course. Uh, I'm not saying that's the best way to go, but for some people, that's the only way they can go. And it's the only permit they could get. Because of, you know, the state they live in maybe being, well, maybe not the only permit, because there are a couple of other options. But uh, it it was a great way for some people in non-permissive states, non-permit issuing states, to uh, get a non-resident permit from Virginia to allow them to actually carry when they leave the state of Virginia. We learned recently that at the end of the year, that goes away. So uh, no more online concealed carry course, no more, you know, being able to use that to apply for a non-resident permit in the state of Virginia bunch of other things passed in the state of Virginia one big thing is basically a private sales ban right so they basically said just like Colorado where where I live uh, you got to have a universal background check and the only the only place that's authorized to do that check is the gun dealer so you effectively kill private sales in a big way because it, it actually becomes a, a maybe it's not a huge roadblock I, I think it is I think it's a huge inconvenience. Uh, plus there's a cost associated cause I got to go to the dealer and pay them a transfer fee and pay for a background fee. And I don't know if they're having to charge for background fees in Virginia or not, but anyway, that's one of the laws that was passed. So Matthew get, take it away with this court, partially blocks enforcement of Virginia's unconstitutional
1: private sales ban. Yeah, it was uh it's actually a really good thing. So, um, there was a ban. This just came out. Uh, I think it's the seventeenth of July. July. July fourteenth. You know, purchasing firearms and having to go through a FFL, like like Riley was saying, like there were no private parties uh, transfers, and so the argument was um, was that this in effectively eliminates the ability for anybody aged eighteen uh, or nineteen or twenty to. Be able to uh, defend themselves because it forces them to go through uh, FFL, and you can't uh, purchase a handgun if you're under 21 through an FFL. Um, so it, it was a really or, good,
0: or even, or even transfer, right? One. Right,
1: like, even transfer, right, one,
0: right? Right. So, like, because the FFL has to follow federal law, that uh-huh. they're they're bound. By their license that they can't handle a transfer for somebody under the age of 21 exactly. so you know a lot of states like virginia like utah like colorado a lot of states actually uh it's legal in those states for someone under the age of 21 so between 18 and 21 to possess or even purchase privately a handgun but anyway this gets rid of that so go ahead
1: Yeah, no, no. And and it's a it's a pretty smart argument uh, on on his face. Right. Because um, the the judge even says um, that the uh, Virginia law actually defines what is an adult. Right. And uh, they define it as anyone 18 years old of age or older, uh, because the argument, the pushback was, well, Hey, you know, um, they're not really adults, 18 year olds old, uh, aren't adults in the eye of the law. And the judge is like, no, we've already established that in Virginia, we recognize an 18 year old as an adult. They therefore have all the other rights that are afforded to them, uh, as an adult, uh, you know, being able to, uh, to, a good good argument uh, the article goes on to say you know it, it, it didn't it's not a total victory, right so it, it, it temporarily uh, temporarily uh, halted this this uh, you know uh, f- forcing of all uh, transa- transactions or transfers of a firearm to go through an FFL um, and so they're saying that this may um, end up coming back and being appealed and and being reinstituted because this is not a uh, a ruling it's just a, a, a basically a, an injunction sort of thing which is partially stops it yeah
0: yeah it's pretty funny to me you know you have the state attorney general uh for the commonwealth commonwealth of virginia who's tr- like they tried to argue that uh young adults are not protected by the right to keep and bear arms So like somehow the state's trying to argue that there's like this second class of adults, which is hilarious to me, uh, because the law very like you have the attorney general who is the guy that's supposed to uphold and, and defend and, 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 uh, enforce, uh, the laws on the state, you know, for the state, like he should be the, his office should be the most familiar with the state laws and constitution of the state of of, uh, Virginia. And so it's like, how do you stand there and say something like that? Like try to treat someone under the age of 21 who is an adult by federal and state law, right? Because they're at least 18. And how, how do you try to like stick them in this, their own little category? Like these are young adults. It's like a new legal classification, apparently. Uh, 18 to 20 year olds are are young adults and uh, not full adults and thus uh, don't have the right to keep and bear arms the same way that someone over the age of 21 does. Hilarious to me. Like, that's just hilarious. So anyway, that that part of the law has been uh, rejected, okay? So basically, and, and the court was pretty clear to say that they don't see the actual background check uh, being a... Uh, what's the word? They don't see the, the, the background check as necessarily being... Uh, uh, against the constitution. Okay. Or being illegal uh, or that it's necessarily overly a hindrance to things, but uh, that, uh, that this particular issue, as far as eliminating a whole class of firearms from a class of people, from a subset of our, of adult community, uh, that's that's the problem. Okay. So they've the the, the state's gotta go back and figure out, uh, and they may try to appeal this, of course, but they've got, you know, assuming that they go with what this judge is saying, they gotta figure out how to make a process for eighteen to twenty one year olds to be able to purchase a handgun legally as the state constitution allows in the state of Virginia. So as Tony says here in the comments on Facebook, semi adults, yeah, exactly, right? So, uh, I th- I think the whole idea that even federally we have, and I've talked about this before, the whole idea we have uh, a-, a classification where adults that aren't 21 years of age or older can't possess a certain firearm is just insane to me. It's crazy to me. So uh anyway and uh matthew had to bow out for a sec i think we were having some connectivity issues so he's just he's rebooting things and he'll be back so i'll carry on without him for a moment nick is wondering here on youtube why hasn't episode 432 come up in itunes podcast that's because it hasn't been published yet so i should hopefully get on that one today thanks for your patience nick all right so we're going to turn our attention away from virginia uh good good to hear you know at least a a reasonable ruling um, from uh, the state of Virginia, and uh, something here to hopefully make it a little bit easier for the for the semi adults <laughs> to buy their guns. All right, let's turn now to this is a story. Uh, hopefully, Matthew gets back here for too long. Uh, this one's actually from outside the United States, so I find this one, I find this one's really intriguing. The Czech Republic. It is and has been for some time the most gun-loving European country probably uh, in all of Europe, right? Uh, People may not realize this, but uh, you can actually, you know, and there's a bit of a process, some hoops you have to jump through. But in the Czech Republic, people can actually carry handguns uh, with special permits and stuff. uh, And they don't have quite the same level of restrictions. Both in terms of the where and how they can carry guns, and also the type of guns and caliber that they can own and carry. Like some European countries restrict, like some European uh, countries restrict citizens from being able to possess uh, calibers that are the same as what their military and police use. And so that's why you'll see in some European countries, like Like for us, where nine millimeter is so prevalent, and so it's like, you know, it's the number one pistol round, uh, pretty much. And but you go over to Europe, and there's certain countries where you you don't see nine millimeter except for in the hands of military and police. So the Czech Republic is uh, this is a fascinating article on amoland.com that says here that they continue to be at the forefront of the battle for gun rights in Europe. Okay, so on July 13th, just about a week ago. 2020, the Czech Republic uh, government announced that it endorsed a plan to enshrine the rights of individuals to use a firearm to defend themselves and others in the Central European Nations Constitution. The move comes three years after another pro-gun constitutional amendment passed the Czech Chamber of Deputies, which is their lower house of the Czech parliament, but that one failed to receive final approval. But it sounds like now they're moving forward with this. Uh, so they, they introduced, it was 35 members of the Czech Republic Senate. They introduced the following legislation. I'm going to read this to you because I think this language is fantastic. It says here, according to this uh, legislation that was introduced, this proposal would alter the charter to include language that roughly translates to the following. The right to defend one's life or another's life and weapons is guaranteed under the conditions laid down by law. That's pretty good. In a document explaining the forwarded change, the senators noted, The current proposal strengthens the fundamental rights of individuals. The proposal itself introduces a constitutional enshrinement of the right to defense with arms. The item goes on to explain... Given the importance of the right to life, which is the most basic right, because without life, other human rights cannot be fulfilled. The proposal considers it appropriate to symbolically elevate this right to the constitutional level. Wow. Like, that's that's good stuff right there. Uh, I, I Yeah. I wish more people would understand that 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 statement right there, that the right to life is the most basic right because without it, no other rights can exist. It, that's, gun rights are human rights. And the right to possess any weapon, regardless if it's a firearm or not, the ability to possess something which enables you to defend yourself, your loved ones, or anybody else that is innocent and, and is and is deserving of defense, that should be unquestioned. Because nothing else matters if we can't, on a basic level, defend life. Now I know most of you listening get that, but man, what a This is so exciting to me to hear how a European country and their government is recognizing that. Uh, this comes. It says, actually, according to the European news source, you the Senate proposal came about in due part uh, to a grassroots gun rights effort akin to those that have made Second Amendment supporters such a political force in the U.S. Pro-gun activists presented senators with a petition that had over 100,000 signatures in support of greater protection for gun rights. According to a report from the Czech news agency, the Czech government was expected to remain neutral on the self-defense amendment, but changed its position after an intense debate. The proposal earned the support of Czech defense minister Lubomir Metnar, who cited security developments as a reason to back the measure. This, uh, I mean... There's been terrorist attacks, obviously, in Europe. There was a ter- terrible one in Paris you know, a number of years ago. Now, uh, what was that, five, six years ago? Uh, November 2015, there it is in the article. Uh, so talking about security developments and where you have some nations, like France, trying to make things more difficult for people to possess and obtain and purchase and own firearms, you actually have the entire European Union trying to make things more difficult. We actually reported not too long ago a story about uh, how there was some pressure from the European Union uh, against Switzerland because Switzerland is also fairly good in terms of gun rights and how regular citizens can, you know, possess guns uh, more so than they can in other European countries. So where you have some European countries, France, France, Germany, and also the entirety of the EU going this direction. You've got the Czech Republic going, no, that's not the answer, guys. That's not the answer. None of the guns used in the most recent gun-related attacks in Europe, I'm sure, were obtained legally or by any legal means. So laws are moot in that respect. We have
1: Matthew back. Hopefully his internet's working a little bit better. I hope so. I hope so. I try to get everything squared away. I don't know what's going on, guys. Sorry about that. (laughs) That's all right. Uh, That's
0: all right. Sometimes happens. So, uh, you know, just talking about, uh, obviously you you were here for for a moment or so, uh, this Czech Republic proposal. I mean, they're basically looking at amending their constitution to including provisions. And I'm going to read this again because I think it's so good that given the importance of the right to life, which is the most basic right, because without life, other human rights cannot be fulfilled. The proposal considers it appropriate to symbolically elevate this right to the constitutional level. And in other language, they say that the right to defend one's life or another's life and weapons is guaranteed under the conditions laid down by law. In other words, recognizing that to to be able to actually properly defend life, at times we need to also have access to weapons that permit that to happen, and the, this is going to be enshrined
1: in the Czech Republic Constitution. What do you yeah, think about all that? I, you know, what when I saw this article, I had to put it in there because I, I think it's, you know, I think it's pretty amazing that um, you know you have a country uh, that is just now enshrining this as a constitutionally protected right or, you know, their charter, whatever they want to call it. Right. Like a protected, right. Like recognizing this, like our founding fathers knew about this a long time ago. Right. And so this is what's made our country. I think one, not, obviously not this alone, but this forward thinking or this, this revolutionary way of looking at um, how people are to be governed and giving them the and right to do these and that was everything uh, that had come before, right? And so we see that just now countries are are, are are recognizing this and where they're not and they're going the opposite way. You look at places like Venezuela and things where these rights are being stripped away before our eyes um, and they see the importance of something just so simple as making it a point to recognize without self-defense you can't have any other civil rights because you can't protect your life. So it's, it's such a foundational thing, but I thought it was so cool. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm glad you included
0: this uh, story in, in our coverage today on the legislative episode. So good stuff. Well, let's go now to Hawaii. Uh, since got you back, Matthew, uh, why don't you tell us about, this update from Hawaii. So we, we basically have two bills that were defeated, which is a good thing, okay? But there were also two other bills that were passed this session that are
1: less good. So give us the rundown. Yeah, so here's a rundown for a Hawaii. And I can't remember last week we had somebody from Hawaii listening, so hopefully they're they're listening again today. Um, but this just uh, got released from the NRA ILA July 14th. Um, so two bills that passed, um, or two bills that were defeated, anti gun bills is House Bill 1902. This would have prohibited the manufacture, possession, sale, barter, trade, gift, transfer, acquisition of magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds. So this is your typical magazine round, uh, or, uh, capacity limitation that we'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, in another story here. But this would have banned that. That got defeated, which is awesome. Riley can tell you all about magazine ban or restriction, uh, limitation restrictions. And, and the other one that was defeated is Senate Bill 2635 SD2. Uh, this would have written on purchasing initiation. Now, check this out to provide proof firearm registration for the particular caliber of purchase. The owner of a firearm may also designate an alternate person who after fingerprinting and background check and a background check will be issued a permit to purchase ammunition for that firearm. In the case of firearms capable of firing multiple calibers, the bill leaves the discretion, the decision to include any additional calibers up to the discretion of the police with no outline process for appeal. Yeah, no kidding that that got you know, defeated and good for you guys in Hawaii, because that is just ridiculous. That is the one that's the like, the little poison pill that they slip in there that pretty much makes it almost impossible for you to utilize the firearm that you jump through all the hoops to get right. Like they make purchasing ammunition so ridiculously cumbersome that nobody can do it. Um, but like we said, two house uh, two bills actually passed and this, the ones that passed were House Bill 2744. Um, this places severe restrictions on certain firearm parts in effort to ban home-built firearms. So this is, um, you know, ghost gun, all the the scare. Hey, we gotta we gotta uh, limit all these these components so nobody can p- possibly um, make a firearm in their own home, but once again, the language is vague, it's overly broad. Um, so it's open to interpretation and then you have uh, application that is all over the place. Nobody knows what's legal. Can you put a, you know, can you put this on with this? It, it, it just creates a tremendous, um, confusion for people that want to be illegal and, and want to, you know, buy components for the firearms. Um, so, right. and also this would have, uh, required uh hawaiians tax dollars to create a commission to research gun violence um and the the nra says while the nra does not oppose objective research this would produce a biased advocacy instead of sound science and this is what has been going on and if you hear like um politicians will use this line and say the NRA is against gun uh, gun violence research. You know they're against it. That's just not true. There has been gun violence research, um, but what the, the the opposition to it is to use tax dollar um, tax dollars to do this and do it under an administration or in conjunction with some sort of political party. And then you come out with some partisan, uh, you know. Obviously, there's numbers that are all over the place depending on uh, what party or what what political ideology you want to spin it for. So, what they're saying is have an independent group do do the research, um, and and that would be better. Um, but that passed. So, and the other one that passed is Senate Bill 3054 SD2. Uh, this requires notice of permanent removal of a firearm outside the state. With the registering county within five days, and a penalty of a hundred dollars per firearm would be assessed for non-compliance. Not sure what the big deal is with that. Like, why they want to, you know, hammer people, uh, and make sure they, you know, they they, they remove their, or say that they're removing the firearm from uh, out of the state. I guess they want to keep an accurate count of who has firearms and where they are. But um, that's going to give you a, a penalty of a hundred dollar. Per firearm, uh, for non compliance with that. So, there you go, Hawaii.
0: Dang man, yeah,
1: that's started out good.
0: Crazy stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, like uh, so the, the whole thing with the the go you know the ghost gun thing, right? So, like manufacturing or building your own firearm. That's a thing that has been uh, an important staple of American gun ownership since the beginning. You know, even with all the laws we do have, what's regulated is when someone builds firearms for commerce purposes, right? Uh, But uh, you know, you can build your own firearm, right? You don't don't even have to put a serial number on it if it's for your own personal use. So, and, and like you said, you talked about how the language is very vague, very broad, and could potentially get some people in trouble with things that we wouldn't think would be an issue but you never know with these kind of things there's always unintended consequences and violation of this new law comes with felony penalties so this is pretty serious stuff uh unfortunate news out of hawaii to see that pass and uh what it means for hawaiians uh so i don't know you know good thing we got the the mag capacity thing uh shut down and and the whole ammunition thing man that's that's kind of bizarre, yeah. I think you know, uh, so yeah, you gotta show proof that you wanna buy nine millimeter ammo well, do you own a nine millimeter, <laughs> man, crazy it's crazy. All right, man. Thanks for the rundown on that. All right. Let's turn now to the Trump administration. So some national, and also this has international implications, but some national news here. The Trump administration lifts a ban that has existed since 2002 on silencers being sold to private foreign buyers. Now, keep in mind that this came in, this restriction, this was a State Department regulation, basically, that shut down the ability for American-based companies to manufacture and sell to private foreign entities suppressors. And because, you know, in the 2002, we're just beginning this global war on terror, right? Uh, we're, we're just starting to go into Af- Afghanistan, Iraq, especially at that time as well. And uh, so it's a, it was a sensitive thing. This idea that, well, we may be selling stuff to private foreign buyers that then are turning around and transferring those or selling those to, to our enemies in the Middle East, which I suppose is understandable. Um, but let's also be real. Yeah. Let's keep in mind that what are we talking about here? We're talking about suppressors, which is a, an inanimate object that does nothing by itself. It's a tube. With discs or baffles or washers or whatever inside of it. It does nothing. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't fire anything. It doesn't do uh it doesn't do jack squat. And that's that's to me like so it's one thing I suppose if we were talking about firearms and projectiles and you know things that that do that, but here we're talking about a muffler for a gun. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, I'm a big believer in the free market, and uh, I'm okay with free market, you know, working on this one. So I don't think our our American- based companies are interested in selling and supporting terrorists and our enemies across the globe, but if they have a legit foreign buyer that comes to them, an agency, whoever, and wants to buy suppressors, I couldn't care less. Right, And that's the same approach that a lot of other countries have, including, I'm fairly certain that Czech Republic is is on that same page, but places like New Zealand, uh, I think Australia, a bunch of other countries throughout the world that don't even regulate suppressors at all, because what's the point?
1: Right. Yeah, I'm hoping this is kind of some writing on the wall um, for future... Like to, 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 to kind of destigmatize the suppressor, right? I'm hoping this this is kind of like those baby steps. It's like, hey, let's 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 realize that this isn't this boogeyman, right? And then maybe in the future, um, we won't have to you know sell our firstborn child in order to uh, purchase a suppressor, right? Like it's the hoops that you have to jump through to get a suppressor is, is insane. So hopefully, this is kind of that. Recognition or realization that hey, we're going to go down the road of like destigmatizing suppressors, and um, and it will be just so much better in the long run. Yeah, yep.
0: So you know the craziness of this, all of this here in the United States, is that we had this mass shooting in Virginia Beach, uh, what a couple, what two years ago now or so, mm-hmm. uh, and. You know, the shooter supposedly in that used a suppressor, right? And so immediately you saw this uptick in calls for suppressors being made more illegal or or at least not turning back some of this legislation that has been in place since the 1930s, uh, you know, making it really difficult to acquire suppressors legally. And uh, so we go, we go that way with with that as far as you know we're trying here we are because of one incident in the United States. It's extremely rare, extremely rare that suppressors are used in crimes in the United States. And even if they are, it's irrelevant. It really is irrelevant. I think there if I recall correctly, there was there was someone that was there at that Virginia Beach shooting that said, well, because of the suppressor it uh, made his gun sound like it was a nail gun. But I think the person that said something to that effect wasn't even in the same room. And here's the thing: if anybody knows anything at all about gunfire, particularly in within a building, or if you're in inside and the gunfire is outside, uh, stuff starts sounding sounding really things start sounding really differently when you start mixing in enclosed spaces, walls, insulation. Stuff that you know, it, I've heard that I've heard very similar statements uh, by other survivors of mass shootings where a suppressor wasn't in, used at all. In fact, maybe a, like something like an AR-15 was used, which is substantially louder in an indoor setting. But you're several rooms away, and it sounds probably like a nail gun, right? Because mm-hmm. people, and also people are in denial, and people also may not interpret things. Because of that denial and because of stress and everything, fully accurately as well. So anyway, uh, suppressors—they should be legal. They should be readily available. Hearing protection—that's a good thing, and that's what they do. All right, we've 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 harped on that enough. We're preaching to the <laughs> choir. We got one more story though, Matthew. I'm gonna, ha- you know, I'm the Colorado guy, but yeah. uh, tell us about this update from
1: Colorado. All right. Well, I tee this one up for you because I figured it'd be right up your alley, but, uh, this is, I'll
0: have plenty to say about it.
1: (laughs) I'll keep my, my, uh, analysis brief then. Um, so the the, the Colorado Supreme court on Monday, and this came out, uh, June 29th. So this is almost a month ago. Um, Upheld the state's seven year ban on guns, gun magazines that hold more than 15 rounds of ammunition. So that's the, uh, you know, magazine limit uh, capacity limitation law that we're talking about in Hawaii as well. Um, So the. what I'll, I'll just mention really quick, obviously, this has been going on for seven years. Um, Riley, you, you, you'll comment on how effective the, the law is in application. Um, but basically, this upheld it. Um, the judge, uh, writing the court's opinion said the ban is a reasonable exercise of the police power that has neither the purpose nor the effect of nullifying the right to bear arms in self defense. Um, they went on to say or, or this is the uh, Colorado Attorney General, Phil wiser, who isn't any wiser, um, who's he, he defended the, the the law and said the large capacity which whatever that means, large capacity, I guess, 15 rounds is large capacity. Magazine law will decrease. He doesn't say that it it, it may. He asserts that this will decrease the deadly impacts of mass shootings by reducing the number of people who will be shot during a mass shooting incident, and it will save lives, period. Um, It also honors Coloradans, right? Is that right, Coloradans? Right um, to bear arms for personal defense. Today's ruling is a win for public safety and for the rule of law. Um, I don't think that's actually accurate, um, but I'll let you kind of uh, go off on that, Riley, because you live there and you're under uh, under the, the the regime of uh, magazine <laughs> limitation
0: the regime
1: <laughs>
0: dude uh, you you picked right up though
1: on this statement from
0: our uh, our wonderful Colorado Attorney General uh, you know this is the kind of stupidity that comes out of those that we expect to uh, protect defend our constitutions that are our state you know wide enforcement arm and here we have our attorney general saying something as stupid as a large capacity magazine law will do dec- Decrease the deadly impacts of mass shootings. Um, Okay. Where we can point to examples, including the one in Florida, Parkland, Florida, where the shooter did not even use the higher, the large capacity. I'm doing this. I'm doing air quotes for those that are listening. Only large capacity magazines, right? So clearly plenty of damage can be done with less than large capacity magazines, plenty of crimes and and mass shootings have been committed with all kinds of things. Right. So, and not only that, if I recall correctly, I think that hundred round magazine that the shooter used in Aurora, I think that thing jammed on him, like not that many rounds into it. So, (laughs) you know, like, uh, it, it, that, that became the catalyst for, you know, that it is the Aurora theater shooting that led to the laws that we currently have. We all panicked, we knee jerked, and we went, ah, we got to pass these laws. We ended up with, I think it was four statutes passed universal background checks, compa- uh, magazine capacity limitations, right? All this stuff, craziness. Um, The interesting thing, you know, I don't think governor Hickenlooper at the time wanted to really sign some of those bills into law. I think specifically on the magazine one, especially he was a little bit lukewarm. Uh, at least that was my interpretation of the situation, but apparently, and this, this was a whole, this was a joke. Uh, he he said that one of his staff committed his office to signing the law. (laughs) Hmm. Dude, are you not, like, the governor? Yeah, Right. Can can you not just be like, uh, you committed me to something that (laughs) I am not going to be committed to, and I'm the governor? (laughs) Guess what? I don't have to honor that commitment. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, this was our governor, though, for eight years in the state of Colorado. The dude who is, uh, let's just say, he's not a natural-born leader. He really isn't and now. He's trying to run for U.S. Senate because apparently he thinks he can do some good there. Well, yeah. Anyways, uh, we typically don't like—I don't like to get particularly personal on the podcast, especially with politics. But that—that uh, that is the state of things in Colorado, and uh, unfortunately, the state supreme court did not go our way on this one. Uh, and that's—that's that's the thing, right? Just like our federal judges. Who sits in the White House is an incredibly important decision, regardless of what you think about a person personally, because if you believe, if there's a reasonable belief that that individual is going to put in place judges that will more than likely issue rulings on things that are correct and proper interpretations of the laws and the Constitution, the, then like i think that's who sits in that seat in the white house is far more important than what they do as the actual president right the implications last for generations those people that they that they appoint and select to those judges seats and the same is true on a state level we have a state supreme court in colorado that is that is anti-gun There has not—I don't think there's been a a pro gun ruling from our state supreme court on anything in quite some time. I remember the uh, the judge uh, Marquez, I think, or or uh, yeah, Marquez, Justice Marquez. She was put in supreme court not that long ago. I remember that, and I I knew this was I knew this is where it was going to go. So it just reinforces how important it is that we make good decisions as far as who we put in positions of power that make at least the initiating decisions on who we, we
1: appoint to some of these positions. It's really, really, really important. Yeah. And you, I mean, you guys are even battling preemption laws that are contrary. I mean, blatantly, I would say blatantly against the constitution, your, your state constitution. Um, And uh, they're still in effect. And I mean, we've talked about this on other episodes and we've talked personally about how the application of this magazine limit uh, uh, ban is not even really being it, it's the, the walk around is so easy in order to, to get these magazines uh, that it, it doesn't have the effect that what these people you know, it, it, it's just making it overly burdensome for for people like Magpul that had to leave the state um, or for, you know, people selling magazines that have to jump through these hoops. But it, it, it's ridiculous and it's not doing the intended purpose that it, or the purpose it was intended for. Yep.
0: Yep. You got it there, brother. Well, anyway, uh, we'll keep following some of this stuff along. You know, uh, I don't know whether this one's going to go any further beyond the state supreme court or not. Um, I think our best chance here in the state of Colorado is to uh, is to 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 elect better people to our legislature, to the governor's office, and other uh, uh, positions of power, like attorney general. Okay. So, because, you know, at one time we had a pretty decent attorney general, even when we had a lot of these other wackadoodles and other places in the state. Uh, But this last election was not kind to us in the state of Colorado. And it it seems like it's only getting worse. So, uh, you know, I I pray for for my home state. uh, And, uh, yeah, we'll just have to keep fighting the good fight and that's true of all of you wherever you are even if you're in a state that you think is a safe state as it relates to the second amendment be careful be cautious Mm -hmm. okay because things can change very quickly and some things sneak through and sometimes it's easier to get things through when people aren't paying attention because people are lulled into complacency because they think they're safe right My other, I said home state a moment ago to Colorado, meaning that that is where I live. My true home state of Idaho is a pretty safe state in terms of the Second Amendment. But I don't fall asleep at all at the wheel with that in mind. Okay, because it can, I promise you, things can change. Things can go against the Second Amendment very quickly. All right. To those of you in Hawaii, Virginia, elsewhere, with various issues pending or if there's an opportunity. So in the case of, I think, was it the Hawaii story? I think the governor hasn't yet signed those two bills that were passed. Right. So uh, in all honesty, it's likely he's going to sign those. Governor Ige, I think his name is. Um, but, uh, you, you know, get get out there and start writing his office, calling his office, communicating to him your support against those bills. Right. Let him know that he should not sign those bills into law. All right. You still have some time to do so. So get out, af- get after it, get active, participate. Uh, and that honestly, I think that's the most important thing we can do politically speaking as gun loving, you know, uh second amendment supporters is to just be active in talking with and having conversations with those that represent that represent us. All right. That, that is where I think hearts and minds at least have a chance of being changed in one. Uh, You know, so that, that's it. We, we, we can't be complacent. That's all I got to say about that. Matthew, any last comments?
1: No, I, I, you hit everything on the nail on the head, right? Like stay, stay vigilant, stay aware, be engaged in politics locally, uh, not just, you know, nationally, but be engaged in your local, local politics. And I know politics sucks and nobody really wants to, you know, sift through all the the garbage that comes out of these people's mouths and to, to find out what's actually truth. But, um, but be engaged because without it, you know, you, you're just, you're left to the whim of these people and whoever's uh, the special interest groups that, that, that have these people's ears. So, um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we have to do.
0: Yep. That's right. Awesome. All right. Well, good, good stuff here today, Matthew. Uh, let's get now to, before we wrap things up, we got a little giveaway. We got it.
1: Yeah. Do. Yeah. We're giving away a concealed carry.com big walks awfully and carry a big stick t-shirt.
0: It's one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. You normally know uh,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, it's got the American flag with an AR on it, uh, with a standard capacity magazine mm. in it, yeah, and uh, and a great quote from President Theodore Roosevelt, right? Uh, regardless of you know, some people have positive uh, thoughts about him and negative thoughts about him, but uh, that quote I think is a true quote, right? Yeah. Speak softly, carry a big stick. Uh, mm-hmm. I, th- you know, we we selected that for this T-shirt because. It embodies, I think, in a very simple statement, uh, how we should be as concealed carriers. Because the Speak Softly means that we, we strive to not get engaged in conflicts. We strive to de-escalate, right? That we don't instigate things. You know, the, just recently, there was a, another one of those road rage shootings that started out as... situation because somebody gets offended that they got cut off that somebody was speeding whatever it is you know they did something to you and you feel affronted by that and so it it, it goes both ways where it, it might just be you expressing your displeasure at them and that prompts them to then do something even crazier and reckless and dangerous right or There's been concealed carriers, okay? That's the truth. People that were previously law-abiding citizens, passed background checks, bought guns, got permits, and they're just having a rough day. And they cross a line and make a a life-changing decision and choose to present a firearm. I think sometimes the thinking is, well, I'll just show my gun here. And, you know, I've got my gun. And that'll get you to back off or whatever. And uh, you just, you know, threaten somebody essentially with yeah. that gun. So anyway, uh, speak softly, right? But then carry that big stick, meaning have the stuff to back it up, right? And that 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 that, that is the whole, you know, our whole statement at the end of the show about trading right, train off and trade safe, fight hard, fight fast, fight true. That's the big stick part, yeah. you know? Yeah. Right. right. Prepare like, yourself,
1: be ready. Yeah. If, if it's possible, be peaceful with all men, right? Like as, as much as you can. Right. And, and there is a time when people, um, y- you need to be violent and defend yourself and defend others. Uh, but as much as possible on your part, be, be peaceful with everybody.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, one lucky person winning a big stick t-shirt today. So Matthew, do you have the, uh, the name's pulled up, ready to yes, draw sir, I one randomly?
1: I do. Okay, here's and
0: a drum roll.
1: The winner is Kent, and uh, you have a common last name, and you have a Yahoo email address. We'll send you an email, and uh, make sure you send us uh, back your size and your where you want us to send it, and uh, we'll get it out to you.
0: All right. Kent with common last name. Kent. It's either Kent Smith, Kent Jones, Kent Brown, I mean, maybe. <laughs> you may be right. One of those may be right. Congratulations, Kent, on winning a big stick t shirt, as we call them. Uh these they're valued at about, I don't know, 20, 20 bucks or so. 20 something. I think maybe 25. It's a good, good, good prize. Next week, we're giving away an SSP iWear $50 gift card. Uh, we've given many of these away over the years. Uh we're, you know, kind of partners with SSP iWear. And uh we love giving away these fifty dollar gift cards because they go a long ways in getting Big some time. decent quality i pro for the range or whatever. Uh heck I've got some of theirs that sit on my workbench when I pull out the the angle grinder or something and SSPI wears what goes on the face. So it's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> make sure that you sign up weekly for our weekly because it's a it's a it's a fresh giveaway every week and we Clean out those names. And so you can't just assume just because you signed up last week that you're still signed up this week. Make sure to go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize and sign up weekly and share with your friends and family for extra entries as well. And I think also included in that is signing up for our newsletter, and uh, that gets you an extra entry as well. I, I seem to recall that's the case. Uh, either way, we hope that you're on our email list because this week we're sending out a bunch of great content about getting outdoors and enjoying life outside. So this uh, this week of Get Outside Week will be a good time. So make sure you're on our email list. Make sure you don't miss that great content and also some special deals and offers here and there. And this week's episode was also, or today's sp- episode, is sponsored by the Legal Boundaries by State book. Uh, that we sell on our site, that we publish, and uh, we're really proud of. It's a great resource for the responsible American gun owner. Pick up a copy today at concealedcarry.com forward slash gun law book. Well, that's a wrap of another episode. Thanks for being here.
1: Thank you, Matthew. Gray goat. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thanks to all you guys being uh, such loyal listeners. It's awesome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, with that,
0: a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.